0: Liberty Tabletop is America's flatware company, the only flatware that's manufactured in the U.S. of A. There are over 38 patterns to choose from. Like a couple of patterns and you can't decide, you can order a sample of each. And check out their website at libertytabletop.com and enter the promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. Just in time for you to freshen up your holiday table setting with Liberty Tabletop Flatware, manufactured in the United States. They make great wedding and Christmas gifts, too. Flatware that can be passed down for generations. So check out their website at LibertyTabletop.com and enter promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. LibertyTabletop.com, promo code BEN.
1: And welcome to Political Pursuits, the podcast. I'm your host, Lou Ann Anderson. A few days ago, I had the pleasure of visiting with my buddies, Jim Cardle and Lynn Woolley, also known as Cardle and Woolley, heard 7 to 9 a.m. Monday through Friday on Austin Talk 1370. And also, you can hear the show anytime, Cardle and Woolley, on the Odyssey app. But did a couple of segments with them. had a had an interesting conversation. One one segment we talked about culture and the arts. It basically was kind of a follow up, a discussion of an article that I recently had published in the Epic Times. We also went on in a second segment to talk about the culture of questionable school board conduct because we certainly have had a lot of school board news both here locally and throughout the country over the last few months. I don't anticipate that it's going to go away. And it's also kind of interesting that we are kind of seeing school boards move into this more adversarial position. Yet at the same time, they're also standing with their hands out, wanting voters to approve more and more and more and even a few more bond packages. With that, I will go ahead and let's cut to the segments so you can hear what we had to say
2: back on the Cardinal and Woolley Show and joined now by Lou Ann Anderson. Lou Ann has a new column that's running as part of the uh, American uh, uh, Promise program at the Epic Times, and it's entitled America's Art and Culture in Need of Reversal. Of course, Lou Ann is uh, a frequent guest here and the host of Political Pursuits, the podcast, which is available, as they say, wherever you get your podcasts Luann, uh, America's art and culture in need of reversal. Uh, you make a statement in here that the past uh, saw culture as the driver of art, but today art seems to drive culture. What do you mean by that?
3: It would seem that today, as we see within many aspects of our society, things aren't as organic. They're not as naturally occurring as they once did. They appear to be more contrived. And that's what seems to be the case here with with art in that it's almost a case of the tail wagging the dog rather than the dog wagging the tail. Um, culture once upon a time was the driver of art, but today it seems as though art has its own agenda, and as I said, it's not something that would appear to be organically occurring. It has its own agenda, and instead, with that agenda, it uh, has almost even become a tool for social manipulation, and it is now a tool for altering our culture, All right, All right. not you mean, necessarily you, in a good direction.
2: You mean television shows, movies, uh, music, Hollywood, Nashville, the whole thing?
3: Visual arts, performing arts, absolutely—you, you name it—that it is looking to, in you know many cases, legitimize certain behaviors, activities, uh, thought thought processes, ideals. It, um, yeah, it's it's looking to to set the narrative of of our of our social structure.
4: So, for instance, we have more violence on the movie screen. It follows that there might be an increase in violence over the years on the streets, correct? It becomes accepted what we see in front of us is what we covet or what we emulate. Am I getting close?
3: Absolutely. And it's not like this is just completely new. We've been having that similar conversation for decades regarding uh, kids, especially boys, and video games. The idea that is there more violence coming because they're watching more, playing and watching more video games, or are the video games... Uh, you know, spurning the violence, which which came first, the chicken or the egg? But it it seems like it's just moving into a whole lot of other different areas now, and you know, specifically, yes, with music being as violent as it is and being as as graphic as it is, is that you know what we see a lot in in rap hip hop music? Is that are the themes that we have in those songs? Are they now impacting relationships in the way men and women? treat each other and the relationships that they have, and how is that affecting our entire society?
2: Well, you know, as a Star Trek fan, I bought a couple of box sets of the new Star Trek uh, series called Discovery and found that there is a running theme of two of the crew members, both guys who are having a a romantic affair. There's a lot of male-on-male kissing in that particular show. And is that Star Trek? In Star Trek, yeah. My Uh, word. And I just is is that the kind of thing because it seems like every television series now has an LGBT subplot somewhere.
3: And not only is it that television series, but if you watch, uh, if you happen to have commercials running in between segments of that television show, you're seeing the same things in the advertising. You know, our founding fathers believed that. They did such an incredible job in, in coming up with the structure of our country, a governmental structure, but that governmental structure was also contingent upon a strong societal structure, and they wanted us to have a, a healthy social order. That Having that healthy social order is what would allow us to have a successful government order. And they believed in certain virtues that were were important to pursue. You know, things like like sincerity, kindness, generosity, justice, moderation, humility. Boy, I think we've lost that one. Courage, Mm -hmm. selflessness, those types of things. Those are themes that once we used to see, they used to be a part of our culture, and they used to also be reflected in our art. Now we look at, as we were saying, the violence the um you know different types of sexual proclivities it's it's just a whole different different ball game and that is impacting our society as a whole and it's taking us down a, a very different path and you know one thing that um, not to look at finding a, a CCP member under every rock but as we see China becoming our adversary in so many ways on so many fronts you've got to recognize that there's even a lot of what we see has communist influences coming into it and that's not by accident
2: well and you talk about this happening over 70 years or so if you <laughs> if you take today's date and subtract 70 that gets us back to the 1950s uh, did did this start with
3: beatniks and certainly uh-huh. there you know countercultures of something that are something that have been around for a long time and countercultures are a way in which there have been, you know, communist actors looking looking to subvert and sabotage our American culture, and it's oftentimes done through counterculture movements. And certainly, there were people that were were attracted to the Beat Generation, to you know, some of the counterculture of the the '60s that were of more of a a you know communist, socialist, Marxist mindset. They're historically we have seen that there are there are ties there
4: okay luann let me stop you right there or interrupt so to speak because i want to go back lynn you mentioned 70 years ago that's a good analogy or maybe a a way for me to transition into the last seven to uh, two or three weeks even with this concert that we've all heard about down in houston where an african-american is up on stage the rap culture the degradation of women the degradation of police the using the f-bomb we've gone from the gyration of elvis's hips back in the day to today talk about what you saw and what the is this what we see in this rap music a type of counterculture so to speak
3: oh absolutely and even that that concert the travis concert Scott concert that you're talking about, one of the things I find most disturbing about that, and it kind of speaks to the the degradation of morals, the violence, the insensitivity that we have toward others. As someone who's been to a lot of concerts in, in my years, yes, when someone is up on stage, sometimes you don't have the exact sense of what's going on in the crowd. But it is hard for me to believe that at a point, the people on stage weren't able to know what was going on, that that crowd, things had taken a real wrong turn, that there was chaos, there was pandemonium. And it didn't seem to matter, at least the reaction, the the show seemed to go on, which, you know, yeah, we always have that, that, you know, show business edict, the show must go on. Yeah, but there comes a point where maybe not and i wonder that the fact that there was such a slow reaction it seemed like from the people on stage to what was happening the sheer terror that was going on out there in that audience that that isn't even just another symptom of the of the the, the problematic things that we see in this whole bent of of the rap and the violence and the just kind of this disinterest or well, lack of concern with with others.
4: While the reaction in that concert may have been slow, which is amazed me, is the absolute rapidity this rap culture has been adopted overnight and it is something else in terms of treating women, treating law enforcement and treating each other as you say.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, in here we you know we like to as Americans we like to talk about how how awful it is that that the you know radical Islam treats women so horribly within their own culture. Well, I'm not sure that we're doing just a whole lot better uh. within our own American culture when you look at what what uh, what the rap industry promotes. Well,
2: put. well, let me take you back to the '50s, and uh, we'll this sort of be an exit question here. But you mentioned. Wake Up Little Susie by the Everly Brothers. I don't see anything wrong with that song. Splish Splash by Bobby Darin might have been banned because he was in the bathtub. You can't uh, suggest nudity. Uh, You've got, of course, the Stones ramped it up with Let's Spend the Night together. And then, of course, Puff the Magic Dragon, which was unfairly uh, labeled a drug song. It was nothing of the kind, but some radio stations still, still banned it. And then go from there to where we are today, Fifty Shades is one of the most sold novels in our history what is going on with that
3: well i mean that just that just goes to show that the change in that what was what was considered to be so provocative so decadent back in the 50s and the 60s it does seem a little laughable it seems just very very benign compared to the things that we have now in writing this article i mean and i certainly do not view myself as being um particularly prudish about a lot of things and you know I understand people use language and things and I may not care for it much but I mean in writing this the names, the the titles on some of these hip hop songs I didn't want to even have them published, I didn't want to be the person suggesting they should be published in the you know, in the epic Times because they just are, are that vulgar. And so I, I fortunately found an article that I could link to, which I thought was, was most appropriate, too. It's 50 Violent Rap Lyrics That Will Make You Cringe.
2: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Let me just, let's wrap it up with this. Is it possible for our culture to get worse? And will art continue to get worse and drive that culture?
3: You would hope that we reach a tipping point. And right now where we are in our country, I think we are at a tipping point on so many fronts. Liberty Tabletop is America's
0: flatware company, the only flatware that's manufactured in the U.S. of A. There are over 38 patterns to choose from. Like a couple of patterns and you can't decide, you can order a sample of each. And check out their website at libertytabletop.com and enter the promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. Just in time for you to freshen up your holiday table setting with Liberty Tabletop Flatware, manufactured in the United States. They make great wedding and Christmas gifts, too. Flatware that can be passed down for generations. So check out their website at LibertyTabletop.com and enter promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. LibertyTabletop.com, promo code BEN. Between the
3: tyranny we see coming in with COVID, between what we see happening when, you know, America's position in the world, between what we have going on in our communities with our schools, and then you have art over here as as, you know, an add-on to just kind of fuel all of these different things, all of these different senses of unrest that we have in so many avenues of our lives. And so it would be my hope that we hit a tipping point and that perhaps America will see in, you know, maybe even starting with the new year that we have ahead of us, people will start really doing some reflection and some introspection of, Our world is rapidly changing, and what do we want it to change into? We may not be able to stop the change from happening, but we certainly can instill influence. There is time. It may be a fight. But there is time to influence what it changes to. And all of these factors, I think, can come together. And hopefully it will be to put America back on a better path. All right.
2: Well, on that note of optimism, um, we'll say we hope you're having a good holiday season. Luann Anderson is the host of Political Pursuits, the podcast. You can find it just about anywhere. And the article is called America's Art and Culture in Need of Reversal. You'll find it at WBDaily.com and also at the Epic Times. Uh, Luann, thanks for being with us. Enjoy. Enjoyed it as always. Thank you. All right. Carlin Woolley, will be right back. Carlin Woolley for your holidays. Glad to welcome Lou Ann Anderson back to our air. She's the host of Political Pursuits, the podcast. You can find it anywhere you download your podcast. She's also a writer for the Epic Times. And one of the things, Lou Ann, that we always enjoy discussing is. The situation with education in the country, and one of the things that has made me so happy lately is the fact that school boards are no longer hiding under the desk. The situation with school boards and how they operate in school superintendents, part of this is thanks to Loudoun County, Virginia. It's all out in the open, and um, I'll, I'll ask you if you think that's a good thing.
3: I think it's a good thing, but boy, is it not an interesting thing too? And that school boards—they are out in the open, and they are on the offensive. <laughs> well, that's what I find really interesting well, about they are,
2: this. uh You—you you never saw yeah. any backing down at Loudon County uh, when they, e- even when they had this situation where a boy dressed. In a in a a women's clothing, in a dress, goes into the girls' restroom and rapes one of the the actual females. And in fact, they lied and covered it up, said they didn't know about. Absolutely, yeah. So, what are we to make of something like this? Uh, Does does this mean that we have to be on guard for everything that goes on in our schools, and we can't believe our own school superintendent and our own school boards?
3: I have used the term is it sleazy or sloppy more than once with regard to the behavior of some of these officials in that you know are they really just that naive and that that kind of sloppy in how they do their jobs or is there something more more untoward with it and it is an actual calculated sleaze that they are bringing it into. Unfortunately I do think that the pendulum is swinging a little bit more over to the sleeves factor. But what I think that we do see that's importantly happening is that parents aren't just standing there at the school board meetings complaining. They are getting engaged. They are organizing. They are recruiting candidates who can win, and they are coming in and taking a seat at that school board table, not just being on the other side complaining about it.
4: And and Luann, I'm just going to go, Lynn is more of a a logical thinker, a policy type analyst. I'm going to go right to the political animal uh, angle here. And it's been said here since the Virginia election where Glenn Youngkin capitalized on the Loudoun County example. Now we have the thought in our lexicon that the education issue, always known to be a Democrat issue, always known to be personal in terms of it concerns our our little angels and our children and our taxpayer dollars. Now there's a lot of folks saying that Republicans have wrestled away this issue of education because of what's gone on in Aladdin County. We're seeing it all across Texas. Parents know what's going on. Do you see this as a political transformation here that, Parents are recognizing that the liberal analogy, the the liberal narrative, is anti-American. They ain't going to take it anymore.
3: I think that what we are seeing is that there is one that. While I absolutely agree that the Democrats have largely dominated the education conversation, certainly the teachers' unions and and the the education structure, the education industry, mm-hmm. the one piece of the education discussion that has always been. Led, led on the Republican side is school choice, and I think that we are seeing a big shot in the arm to school choice because parents are saying, "My gosh, we're seeing now front and center." COVID gave us the opportunity to see even more what's going on in our schools to see this radical CRT um, curriculum that is, to mm-hmm. varying degrees, but nonetheless, it is it is in our schools, and so. I think that what we're seeing is a new impetus with the school choice, but to their credit, there are other parents that say, no, I do want my child going to a neighborhood school. I do still believe in the public school system, so I'm going to stay and fight for reform within the public school system. And I do agree with you, though. And, you know, it's interesting that while we talk about Loudoun County and what happened here just back in if, you know, in early November mm-hmm. with Loudoun County, there were things going on across the country even then. I mean, here in Texas exactly. with that same election, Southlake, they were having they've been having a lot of controversy over CRT and some other issues within the district over the last few years. But they brought in there was an anti-CRT candidate that got over 70 percent of the vote. In the election there in Southlake,
4: and now the uh, the Biden Justice Department is going in there, launching an investigation through the Department of Education as well as to whether or not that school district has had problematic "quote unquote" racism in the past.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And here, just those few weeks before the NSBA sent out that letter asking DOJ, asking the FBI to get involved. And President Biden to, you know, start involving the federal law enforcement in taking a look at people who were were critical of school boards. And we're seeing it across the board. Um, Just last week, there was a gal named Sharona Bishop who lives in Colorado. She's the founder of an organization called America's Mom. She was homeschooling her three children one weekday morning. Her husband was there in the home at 930 in the morning. They start hearing pounding on the door, and it's an FBI SWAT team with a battering ram that broke through their front door and tore their house apart, handcuffed her, and it was on the execution of a warrant regarding some alleged wire fraud charges. This woman has been involved. There were like nine school districts in Colorado that she managed to flip. She managed to help coordinate local activists, wow. and they flip seats on the school boards. She also is involved with an election integrity uh, effort, some, it, some issues that have come up in Mesa County, Colorado. Mm-hmm. They didn't send the FBI with suits in to come in and say, you know, man we we'd really like to take a look at your computer and your cell phone. They sent a SWAT team.
2: Well, of course, and they probably notified CNN. uh, But but (laughs) let me ask you this. How are parents, in your mind, from what you've read and what you've seen, how are they taking to the idea that our Attorney General Merrick Garland may be labeling them as domestic terrorists?
3: This is just one more thing. I mean, I I was really rather surprised that that National School Board Association, I thought their timing was really um, kind of clumsy that when we are seeing so many of our rights being eroded or being challenged on so many fronts with all of the COVID, with the, the vaccine mandates and all of these things. And so then you throw this school front into things I mean, parents are responding in a in a a very significant way they're they are seeing this as just one more way in which overreaching government is trying to come into their lives harm the interest of parents and and their families and especially when you start picking on people's kids, that's you know that's that's a real no-go zone all right and we're, so. We're-
2: We're almost out of time. I just want to have you comment on the idea that if you don't like what the schools are doing, if you're a parent and you think that the schools are too woke, if you think that there's too much critical race theory, if you don't like some of the books in the library because they're sex manuals, uh, you can tell the schools no when they ask for a bond issue.
3: Absolutely. You know, speaking, speaking, you know, you can speak with your feet or you can speak with your, your wallet. And that certainly is what has happened. In fact, isn't it interesting that between in May, when we had bond elections, many, many, many bond packages passed. But this past November, a lot of them didn't. And the ones that were most often turned down were the school district bonds. And so I think that's telling you that people are speaking with their pocketbooks. And I, you know, would note to school districts, it might be time to start listening.
4: Maybe, Lynn, we can finally do away with one of the few monopolies left, one being building roads and losing the mail, and I always throw in education is the final, one of the final frontiers where the monopoly's being broken up. Well, uh, it absolutely stands to reason that the more choice, uh, the more responsive, Mm -hmm. and the more
2: excellence that we'll get in our schools. And if you would like it. to know more of, about Lou Ann Anderson and what she thinks about such things, it's Political Pursuits, the podcast, and that's available anywhere you get your podcast. Lou Ann Anderson, also writing for the Epic Times. Lou Ann, thanks so much for being with us.
0: Tabletop is America's flatware company, the only flatware that's manufactured in the U.S. of A. There are over 38 patterns to choose from. Like a couple of patterns and you can't decide, you can order a sample of each. And check out their website at libertytabletop.com and enter the promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. Just in time for you to freshen up your holiday table setting with Liberty Tabletop Flatware, manufactured in the United States. They make great wedding and Christmas gifts, too. Flatware that can be passed down for generations. So check out their website at LibertyTabletop.com and enter promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. LibertyTabletop.com, promo code BEN.